I've always been like very positive LGBTQ, like nothing has ever been said in our home about, you know, anything, you know, oppressive, oppressive or phobic. Yeah, exactly. So he, but he and his friends had a plan for what would happen if we kicked him out of the house oh for being God. transgender. <laughs> and so I'm assuming that his friends kind of said, well, your parents might be really mad and, you know, whatever. And um, so, you know, you can come and stay with us, they said, if, if your mom kicks you out. <laughs> and so when I got the letter, I, my husband and I both had a talk with them and said, you know, I am Amanda Hansen, and welcome to the Women Disrupted podcast. I like to use the word disruption to describe a change that displaces or replaces the status quo. In this podcast, I hope you'll be able to disrupt your thoughts, beliefs, and maybe even your life. I believe that disruption is good, even when it is hard. I will share tidbits of how myself and others have handled disruption, whether we have chosen it or the universe chose it for us. There will be debates on hot topics and stories of women who choose disruption to change their lives and the lives of others. Are you ready for a little disruption? Enjoy the ride. Fresh off trying to set a precedent with a human rights violation case that she's running against a local summer camp that's discriminated against her gender diverse son, my guest, Jan Gutches, has a lot of unique and important perspectives on raising gender nonconforming children. Today, we talk about how boys and girls are both seen differently in the world and how this impacts us individually, as well as a society and cultural norms like clothes, sports, hobbies, and even ways of acting. We also talk about how her son came out to her. We talk about how normalized microtransphobia is and how cis heterosexual people can help trans people feel more comfortable and normal in the world and therefore in their own skin. I talk about how clothing can affect how one perceives their gender. We also talk about the differences between acceptance and affirmation in the community and with those in the LGBTQ plus community. And then we talk about the importance of normalizing sharing your pronouns and how a lot of the things that can help gay and trans people feel better in everyday life can also help cis heterosexual people feel more open and comfortable with themselves. And that can allow us to learn more about ourselves too. And all of this is so important because I believe that we need to create, like collectively we need to create a safer and affirming world for all people no matter the color of their skin, the shape of their body, their sexuality, or whatever gender or non-gender they identify with. So enjoy today's very important episode. So welcome to today's episode. I have Jan, who is in my local community, and we've never actually met in person but like we're friends on Facebook. I think when we first kind of met each other it was probably through the local buy nothing group, I'm assuming. Yes. Were you in the buy nothing group when it first started? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then I think we met again through the Braden Foundation. Yes. Yes. Cause your, yes. your daughter, Marissa, right? Yep. Yeah. So she, she, um, she had, it was a brain cancer, right? Yes. A glioblastoma. And yeah. uh, so she got a shopping spree from the Braden Foundation. Yes. And so I'm a board member on the Braden Foundation that um, gives critically ill children in New Brunswick, our, our province, either a room makeover or a shopping spree. And so, yes. Yeah. Marissa, had- I think, was the first shopping spree. So right. it was pretty exciting. It was right before Christmas. So yeah, that's it awesome. was pretty festive. And how was she feeling? Uh, she's doing fairly well. She's, um, as far as we know, she's still tumor free. She has her next MRI in July. We're at every six months now. And, um, she is having some, what they call late term side effects from, um, the radiation. So she's having some memory and Mm. cognitive problems, but we're figuring it out. We're, um, working with her teachers and, uh, and, 
you know, working with, um, we're waiting for Stan Cassidy to do some work mm -hmm. with her and things like that. But overall, it's, we're on the best case scenario. So amazing. But we're not here to talk about Marissa Tay. That's no, like a, exactly. whole, a whole other story. <laughs> you have lived many lives, lady. Like, <laughs> Yes, our family's not boring. I will. <laughs> We're here to talk about your son, Charlie, who is yes. a 12-year-old um, gender diverse child. And you first start sharing about your journey with him. And we're not going to dive too much into this, but really came to light when Charlie wanted to attend uh, one of our local camps um and you had asked could he attend in the cabin of the gender that he identifies with right right and, and that you were told no right and so <laughs> you first kind of shared that and I was like nothing enrages me more like like <laughs> I I I I connected with you so much in that moment um I felt so much anger and sadness and I just wanted to fight along with you. And we're not going to dive too much into that just because you are taking action. And until that's resolved, we don't want to go too much into it, but we will touch on like why you're doing it and how important it is. But before we, we go there, um, so Charlie is 12. When did Charlie start to embrace who he identified with versus being who he thought everybody wanted him to be? Um, so when he was about nine, not between nine and 10, he, he came to me and he said, mom, girls clothes are just really tight and they're really, you know, I just don't feel comfortable in them. Can I just buy some boys clothes? I said, sure, let's go. So off we went to Urban Kids, which at the time was his favorite store. And um, we went to the boys section and uh, he picked out several really cool outfits. And funny enough, the cashier came over to us or the store clerk and said, oh, um, because he still presented as female mm -hmm. um, and said, oh, the girl section is on that side of the store. And um, I, I used it as a, I guess, a, a small bit of, I, I wasn't very confrontational, but I used it as a small bit of education. I said, well, she prefers, because he was still using she pronouns at that mm -hmm. time, she prefers, you know, bag your clothes. And, and so this is where we want to be. And, and he's going to try some stuff on, or she's going to try some stuff on. And um, so that was fine. And off we went with a big bag of urban kids clothes and uh, he was happy as a clam and uh, he donated all his quote-unquote girl clothes and um, started wearing the clothes that we had bought mm -hmm. and then about a month later he came to me and he said mom he said girls underwear are really uncomfortable like I'm always getting wedgies and you know whatever and uh can I get boys boxers? And I said, well, do you want like boys boxers or there are, you know, mm -hmm. girls underwear that are boxer style? No, I want, I want boys boxers. So off we went that day to Superstore and we're looking at the boxers. And again, the cashier or the clerk in the clothing department came up to me and said, oh, these are the boys underwear. And um, I said, yeah, we realize that. And she kind of gave me a weird look. And, and I said, that's what, what she wants to wear. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, and then kind of just laughed. And uh, <laughs> so that really made me feel like, wow, we've really genderized everything. And it just struck me as not only silly, but just not it's almost like we create these little boxes and then they become almost prison cells you know we have like the attitude is if you're a girl you buy this kind of underwear and this kind of clothes and you like these toys and you 
do these activities. And, and if you're a boy, you know, you, you do these things. And I thought, wow, like, why are we doing this? We're, we're, we're just taking away from so much individualization and, and so much um, expression, creativity and yeah. expression. And, and uh, so that really occurred to me. So, so then it was probably about a month after that, again, he, he kind of would be really happy for about a month when we made a change. And then about a month after that, he said, mom, I want to cut my hair. And I was thrilled because Charlie had long hair, but he didn't take care of it. And it was always in big like mats and, you know, and, and he didn't like having it brushed or combed. And um, I would literally have to like take detangler and just spend, you know, 45 minutes trying to get his hair so it wasn't just a big rat's nest. And he would go to school with just literally like a rat's nest in the back of his head. And, and uh, so I was like, <laughs> you know, when he said he wanted to cut his hair. So we went to um, Aphrodite and um, they were surprised that, that he wanted it that short, but I said, nope, this is what he wants. I want you. And it was like day and night. And after he had his hair cut, he started presenting more as a boy. And so in the community, um, I can remember being in a restaurant um, and we weren't in Quispamsis, we were, I think in Callis and uh, back when we could go to the United States. <laughs> and he said, um, and the waiter came up and said, hey bud, what can I get for you? And his face lit up like it was Christmas morning. And at that time I knew, but he hadn't officially told me. So then about maybe a month after that, that spring for sure. So it was the spring of his grade five year. He told me that, um, he wrote me a letter and he told me that, um, mom, I'm a boy. And, you know, I hope you still love me. And I felt like this for a long time and, you know, wrote me a letter. And he had already told some of his friends. And uh, the funniest part of this is that, like, we are the most, you know, like, I have a niece who's married to a woman. I have a nephew that's married to a man. Um, I've always been, like, very positive LGBTQ. Like, nothing has ever been said in our home about, you know, anything, you know, Oppressive. being... Oppressive yeah. Phobic. yeah exactly so he but he and his friends had a plan for what would happen if we kicked him out of the house oh for God. being transgender <laughs> and so I'm assuming that his friends kind of said well your parents might be really mad and you know whatever and um so you know you can come and stay with us they said if if your mom kicks you out <laughs> and so when I got the letter I my husband and I both had a talk with him and said, you know, we love you no matter what. We accept you no matter what. We kind of saw this coming and, you know, and, and we love you for who you are. And, um, you know, and we, we were trying to work it out with him. Like if he just didn't feel like he met the traditional definition of a girl or if he, and, and he was feeling that, or if he actually felt like he was a boy, like he was male and it was the latter. Um, and, and a few weeks afterwards, I said, to, I said, and he told me that, you know, in the letter, he said, if you, if you don't accept it, you know, I can go and stay with these two friends. And um, I said, did you really think that you know, we were going to have any issue with this and like kick you out of the house. And he said, no, but my friends did. And so they see that. Yeah. They see yeah. That. So, 
so they had to have, a, you know, they felt like Charlie needed to have a plan. Um, so yeah, so that's what happened. And uh, so then we talked to the school again, this was in grade five. So it was the elementary school and um, had a meeting with the teacher, the guidance counselor and the principal. They were fully accepting, um, said that he wanted to change his pronouns. He went with they, them originally. Mm -hmm. Um, but quickly switched to he. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you yeah. shared the story of how Charlie felt, I'm going to try really hard not to cry because I'm like, I had tears when he felt like him, when the waiter said, hey, buddy, like, how special is that? And that feeling that Charlie got to finally feel like him it it just I'm crying because it kills me and I see it like so much yeah. so many people just feel shame for who they yeah. are yeah and we've and it's unnecessary it's so so unnecessary, unnecessary. yeah and um you know I I've learned a new term called gender euphoria where yes. when you finally um I, I watched a video of a um a trans man um when he no no not a trans man story non non-binary person got to wear heels for the first time and they did I say he I meant they sorry yep no it's okay <laughs> a non-binary person got to try on heels for the first time and what they they finally felt like themselves in their body. And that just brings me so much joy because this is the fight that I'm trying to fight in my business. Like with people who just want to feel like them and express who they are, but they have mm -hmm. all of these stories of what they can and can't do because of what society has told them is yes. right or wrong or what's acceptable or not. And to me, being able to fully express your gender is like the ultimate form of freedom. It really is, yeah. And um, Charlie almost went, when he was younger, almost went to extremes to present as female. He would dress up, he liked the Jojo Sea, or he, he seemed like he liked the Jojo Siwa bows. He, you know, wanted his ears pierced he you know liked wearing jewelry he liked wearing fancy shoes but the funny thing that I always thought gee this is, doesn't quite add up is he would put a dress on and the Jojo Siwa bow and he would hang upside down on the monkey bars or he would ride his bike to school in a dress and it got to the point that I said, Charlie, I have to get you like shorts to go under your dresses because like you're showing your goods. You know? <laughs> and and, uh, and it just, and then he played hockey or he still plays hockey and he's always played um, what they call co-ed, but he was usually the only girl on the team. And he was rougher than any of the boys like the, the moms got the biggest kick out of him because if he went into the corner in the scrum with the puck guess who was coming out with that puck 99% of the time it was Charlie and and so things sort of we we always knew he wasn't a quote-unquote typical girl um but uh he he did dress the part and he said, mom, I just thought that's what I had to do because I was a girl, I was born a girl. And he said, and I got attention for it, you know? And, and I, I think that's a positive that, reinforcement for it. Yeah, you know, when a girl, when a girl, little girl dresses up as, oh, you're so pretty. Oh, you yeah. look like a princess. Oh, and I think that's really uh, something I want to touch on is that we tie so much of gender to um, certain characteristics. So, you know, for stereotypes, a boy, yeah. 
for a boy, you know, it's a big deal if you're rough and tumble and, and strong and, um, you know, for a girl, it's usually, oh, you're so pretty. You're so cute. You're so, um, oh, I love your dress. And it's much more appearance based. It is, it is. And, um, and I'd like to see that change. Like, I'd like to see, um, uh, there's a guy on um, Instagram called Scott Creates, mm-hmm. and he wrote a book called My Shadow is Pink. And um, I shared it on my Instagram story yesterday. And he, his little boy, he's young still, um, loves to wear dresses and loves to dress up as a princess. And he, he kind of, it kind of went viral because they went to see Frozen 2. And this little boy was just thrilled to, to do, to go see Frozen 2. And he wanted to wear an Elsa dress to Frozen 2. And the dad said, I'm going to wear an Elsa dress too then. And the two of them went to see Frozen 2 in an Elsa dress. And um, he, he uh, so he wrote this book called My Shadow is Pink, which is about a young boy who's gender non-conforming and feeling different. Like he said, my dad's shadow's blue. My brother's shadow's blue. I wish my shadow was blue because it'd be easier. Right. And, um, and I think that uh, that's an, a really important point that we, we just need to let kids express themselves the way they want to express themselves without judging and without pointing and staring. And that's what I'd love to see is, is a world where a boy can wear a dress and a, a girl can wear, you know, Rick, whatever, whatever boys. Right. Whatever, like a stereotypical, right. So for me, actually right now I'm wearing my husband's best. (laughs) Yes. I I stole it from him. I I actually, when it comes to dressing, there is, I do have like that typical feminine side that sometimes I like to embrace, but actually where I feel the most home is more like an androgynous look for me personally. (laughs) And, and it is like clothes is, is very gendered. And I speak this because I, I help people in their clothes all of the time. And I've worked with two, two trans, um, women or females, actually one was a teen and what, um, one of actually both of them. So I was helping them dress in girl clothes for the very first time. And to see the impact that it has, because I, I try and teach that clothes are just an expression of who you are. And there is no yes. right or wrong way. It is literally an expression of how you feel and who you are. And yes, we do have stereotypes that come with that so that they did feel like them in female clothes because they identify as female and it helps them connect with who they are. And it helps tell other people about who, about who they are. However, we also don't want to make assumptions either. Right. And I think that's where, you know, the LGBTQ community wants, wants us cis people to help them not make assumptions anymore about their sex, about their gender identity and about their sexual orientation just because present as a female doesn't mean you have a husband. Yes. And it's funny because um, just yesterday, or maybe it was the day before yesterday, Instagram added um, a, a thing where you can put your pronouns I mean, I always had my, well, me, me too. Part, yeah, no. but now it's kind of part of the bio. Yeah, I and, love that. And um, I was, I was watching a video by um, a trans male um, that he really is advocating for trans people in the United States, mostly because of all the horrible legislation that they're yeah. trying to pass. And he's saying gender expression does not always equal gender identity and so it should become he would like to see it and I would like to see it become the norm to say hi my name's Jan my pronouns are she and her Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, or my name's Charlie. My pronouns are he and him. And um, not just because we assume. And, and sometimes, or a lot of times, that assumption is wrong. Yeah. Or at least not totally accurate. Or it's um, putting somebody in a really uncomfortable position that they either have to out themselves. Yes. Right. And that could put, put them in a very dangerous situation because they exactly. don't know how you feel about it. And are you going to oppress them? Are you going to abuse them? Are you going to physically attack them? So you're putting people in a really awkward position. So you starting with sharing your own pronouns creates a safe moment for them to safely share their own because they're like, oh, they, they understand why this is needed and they're creating a safe space for me to do so. Exactly. And, and I think the more people that do it, mm-hmm. the more it becomes the norm. So Charlie will sometimes, I mean, he's a little bit of a shit disturber at times. <laughs> well, and, he's 12. And, yeah. And uh, so he was skateboarding over by the school, Quest uh, Francis Middle and CSMES. And he also skateboards in the St. Mark's um, uh, driveway. And yeah. somebody for, just for those like I have lots of people who listen to me that aren't local. Oh, okay, yeah. So St. Mark's is is our Catholic church in our community. In Quispipsis, yeah. yeah. And so somebody came out of the church and Charlie said, Hi, um, my name's Charlie. I my pronouns are he and him. What are your pronouns? And it was an older guy, and he said, the normal ones. And and uh, you know, and Charlie just kind of laughed it off. But um, I think the more that people do this and 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 make that the norm, the more that you know the reaction hopefully will be, oh well, I'm so and so, and these are my pronouns, even if they are that quote unquote normal ones. Right, and there's yeah. And, you know, so I'm, I'm 41, almost 42. And this is like, this is still very new to me. It right? is. So I've had decades of practicing and thinking another way that I, I, I never even thought about gender. It was just like, I was born with, you know, um, a vulva and, you know, so I was like, female anatomy. So I'm, I'm a girl and I feel certain things. I look a certain way. I present a certain way because of that. And, you know, I, I express my gen, my gender with that. And I just assume like, I assumed that those probably who, who weren't born, you know, in it, like who were trans, who were born in a different sexual with different sexual anatomy, but didn't identify with it. Like I didn't under, I didn't understand it. Right. I just didn't, Anyways, I just never thought about gender as a social construct and that right. it's completely made up. Like it never it even is. crossed my mind. It never yes, even I mean, crossed in my many mind. cultures, men wear dresses, men wear skirts, you know, men have long hair. Men have, so it is fully socially constructed and, and really varies depending on the culture. And, um, and it's funny that, that you said that because when I was a little girl, I was a tomboy, like big time. Mm-hmm. Like I had through, I hung around all boys um, just because that's who was on my street. And I was always in the woods and I always had bug bites and scratches and bruises because I was also a clumsy tomboy. And, um, and I think, gee, I wonder, you know, if I, if I knew there was another option you know would I have been more a day them um you know and uh I don't know I I mean I I've never been ultra feminine I've never really felt comfortable in a dress you know I wear dresses on occasion when I have to um but it's not something that I really and when you have to let's dissect that statement I wear dresses when I have to do you really when have I to? feel I have to. You feel like yeah. so you're conforming, right? Uh, we've I am. Learned, yeah. We have practiced, we've had decades to practice conforming. Yes. Because yeah. it's our instinct, you know, it's a biological instinct to survive. And to, we know 
to survive, we need to be accepted by our community so that we can share resources, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's that instinct to fit in. And so when society likes to put people in boxes, we feel like we have to be inside that box in order to be accepted. Right. And I think what's so beautiful about the next generation, and not that this is anything new, I mean, in the 80s, I mean, come on, like, in the 80s, there was to- like so many androgynous, you yes. know, Hollywood stars or musicians, you know, it was even the, you know, the rock stars had big, long, curly hair and were wearing makeup, yep. like, it, it, yep. isn't, it isn't new. No. And we know that, you know, there's history of it as well that we don't know about because of course they don't share about that. There's long, long history of it, but still like it's a, it's the movement is bigger now. The movement it is, is yeah. bigger and it's the next generation. And I'm so thankful. So my son is, is 20 and he teaches me stuff all of the time. And I'm so thankful. I, I feel like I, you know, my activism towards this has been a big part of, of him. And I like, I remember when he was, you know, a teen and his girlfriend painted his nails. And I was like, at first, like I felt resistance towards that. Yeah. Like I felt, I felt my own conditioning. Um, I didn't like put him down or tell him not to do it. I mean, when it got ratty, I was kind of like, it's kind of chipping. Maybe, maybe yeah. you want to touch it up or take yeah. it off like, or reapply. That's as yeah. far as I got. I'm not saying that that was even okay, but I, you know, that that's as far as I got to actually saying anything, but I, I felt my own resistance. Yeah. Right. And it's a well, and, and we're just conditioned to make these assumptions. And, and I love, so, so both of my older daughters, as well as Charlie, and I think of myself as pretty progressive and pretty, you know, um, I'm, I'm a real social justice. Mm-hmm. I worked as a social worker um, and, and my, my passion is sort of deconstructing social norms and and helping people and and making people think about the way things are and and challenging that but all of my children at one point or another um have challenged my own Mm -hmm. inner inner conditioning yeah conditioning and um so I remember um, Marissa, you know, when she was younger, I said, Ma, I said, you know, do you like, you know, or do you, do you like any boys? And, and uh, you know, just as a, mm-hmm. and she goes, mom, just because I'm a girl doesn't mean I have to like a boy. And I said, yeah, true, true. And, and so she taught me that, you know, now if I'm going to have these conversations with the kids, I would say like, is there anybody you particularly like? Is there anybody you're attracted to? And, um, you know, and, and then another time, um, Maddie had a friend who kind of presented, um, you know, just really short hair and, and, you know, no makeup and dressed androgynously. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 and it wasn't out of any, meanness at all I just said uh do you think that she might be transgender or or gender binary and Maddie said mom like people can do whatever they want with their hair and dress however they want and if we don't have to we don't have to put a label on them like no exactly be female have female you know biological parts and still dress like a, you know, stereotypical boy. And, you know, like our ideas of masculine and feminine, again, like it's just, it's just different. Yeah. And, and I understand, you know, people resist it because people don't like change. People don't like, right. they don't understand. And right. I, and I, and I get that. I, I have compassion towards that. However, the thing is, we're always learning and changing. And when you're actively making the decision not to change, there's an issue. Like I haven't, yes, that. I have yes, an issue. Sure. The thing is, is like language is changing. Communication is changing. Gender expression, everything is changing. And yes, it's a little bit scary. And especially because it might challenge somebody's own identity, or maybe right. they've, they've oppressed their own identity and are so afraid 
of what could happen in their life if they actually embrace who they are. There's just so much fear and shame. And I love that the next generation is really, really pushing us towards challenging our own thoughts, challenging our own identity, challenging our own beliefs and our own systems so that we can create a safer, more freeing world for everybody. And that's like exactly. my goal. Exactly. And, and I think um, what I was just saying about Maddie telling me, you know, just because she has short hair and dresses in, you know, jeans and sweatshirt doesn't mean she's transgender. I think on the other, you know, we talk about, again, gender expression, not always equaling gender identity. And I think that that we can't assume people are transgender either. We, We need to, and that's why I think we need to ask people like, what are your pronouns? You know, are you and make that the norm do you think we should we, ask people's pronouns or should we just share our own and then give them the share opportunity our own yeah. and give them permission to yeah. share theirs yes yeah. that's a yeah. better way to put it yeah for sure yeah. yeah so you know being a mom of you know a gender diverse child do you have I mean we've covered a lot do you, can you think of anything else um that maybe we haven't touched on you know, to create an, an affirming environment for your child? Yeah, I'm going to just look at my notes here a little bit because... Yeah, I can't remember um, what we've touched on. What we yeah, I think, I think we've touched on this, which yeah. is, you know, if, if we can raise our kids without... A, I think we need to step beyond the, you know, hetero cisgender boxes that that we put people in. And we've touched on that. And I think the best way to, and I think that's why Charlie came out to us at such a young age. I mean, some, most kids don't come out until they've hit puberty or, or even like as an adult. Um, I think that you know, what we've been able to do as parents is, and I've said this exact words to my kids, the world will try to put you into a box and say that because you're in this box, you have to act and be a certain way. As far as I'm concerned, as your parent, you don't have to fit into anybody's boxes. You can be who you are 100% and I will support you. And um, so I think just giving that message that, you know, we don't have to fit into boxes. So you, and, create, uh, you, you just naturally created an environment that you're an affirming environment for your children so they can present and be whoever they want. And so you gave Charlie the gift of being able to figure out who he is and express himself in a safe environment where he didn't have to, you know, I'm sure he felt fear. I'm sure he did like, but it didn't prevent him from coming out and he didn't have to suppress himself for decades or years. Like a lot of people have to do. Exactly. Um, And I think the other thing that, that um, I've, I've been doing, especially since Charlie started to express himself in a um, a gender diverse way, even before he told me, is I would make a point to talk about people or, or show him people or show him videos. There's not a lot of representation in the media yet, and I hope that's something that's going to start to change. Um, but I started talking about, oh, you know, like, well, I can remember when my niece got married. And the kids were really small then. And, and I said, oh, Sam is engaged. And um, they were like, to who? And because they had never seen her with a boyfriend. And I said, oh, to Tiffany. And, um, and she said, they said, but Tiffany's a girl. And I said, yeah. And I said, love is love, girls. And uh, she said, and the kids kind of just went, oh, okay. And went about their day. Like there was no, you know, and, and, and so they think of, of 
my niece and her wife as a couple and and their cousins and there's no issue with it you know and and I think that presenting it in a way that um is different than maybe your own than, than your own life so right like I I'm a cis cis hetero woman and so I you know I'm married and my daughter she I keep having to remind her because she keeps saying, you know, oh, I can't wait to have kids someday. Like she has a very, very maternal instinct. Like she cannot wait to have babies, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> which honestly she does not get from me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, um, I don't like babies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say I don't like babies, but baby, the baby stage is not my favorite. No. Anyway, so she, she can't wait. And my son like does not want to have children. And so she was like, I can't wait to be an aunt someday. And I'm like, honey, like you may not be an aunt someday. Cause I don't think your brother wants to have kids. And, and so we're, you know, we're talking a lot about that. And so she, often she makes mistake of like, well, how can they have kids? They're not married. And I keep having to remind her, I'm like, honey, like you don't have to be married to have kids. And so it's just, it's just presenting these opportunities. Like she only knows what she knows and what she's presented to on, on a regular basis. So right. we do talk, like we have books and we do talk about different genders and different um, sexual orientations and, and making that all normalized so that, you know, even though it's not what she sees firsthand all the time, she's aware that it's, it's that in, in, in the environment and it's normal and it's natural. Exactly. So now with Charlie, what I will do is if, um, for instance, there was a, a transgender character. Um, it was the first trans masculine um, character that was on sort of a popular primetime TV show on Grey's Anatomy. Um, and I made it a point to show Charlie um, all of, of this character's scenes um, because I thought, you know, it's very rare that, that Charlie is going to see um, someone who's like him in the media. Um, and, and I think that's very empowering. Um, mm -hmm. The same thing with uh, Elliot Fletcher is in a couple of shows. Um, I didn't show the shameless part. <laughs> Shane, shameless I don't know that. He's on. It's good. It's definitely not a show I'd show a 12 year old. <laughs> um, but there is a, um, another one of the fosters that he's on. And I showed Charlie scenes, um, especially like the quote unquote coming out scenes. Mm -hmm. And in one of Elliot Fletcher's scenes, he discloses that he's transgender to the main character who's a female. And then the female and then the main character shares it with somebody else without his permission. Mm -hmm. And so they're not in a malicious way, mm -hmm. just in a almost not awareness way. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he explains to her that it's his story to tell and he has to choose who he's comfortable sharing it with. And that there's actually a safety concern mm -hmm. um, with people finding out, you know, and I think his line is something like um, people actually are killed for being transgender. Yeah. And um, so, I sh you know, I show Charlie things like that just to um, see that there are, are people like him being represented in, represented in the media now, yeah. um, which we never would have seen even 10 years, oh. ago, even probably even five years ago. Right. Um, so I think that's well, actually, really there was, did you watch Ally McBeal? I did a long There was a transgender woman. Oh, okay. On Ally McBeal and that stood what? out for okay. me. Okay. That uh, would have been very groundbreaking then. Yes. I don't remember absolutely. that. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think as far as the media goes, um, there is more represented representation of trans women than there are trans men for whatever reason. Um, and right. Cause we so, have Kate, Caitlyn Jenner was like really a catalyst for so many, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but trans men seem to be 
less represented. So, so I get excited when I see a character who's a trans male. Right. And then there's, um, and the most recent is Elliot, um, Oh, Elliot uh, Page. Page, yeah. Yeah, I love Elliot Page, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anything that you want to add so that as a society or in our community that we can create a more affirming safe space for the LGBTQ community and gender diverse people? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is, is there are so many instances almost on a daily basis of unintentional transphobic comments. So mm -hmm. um, before Charlie started expressing himself fully as a male, I, I told you about the, the store clerks, yep. um, but also kids on the playground um, would say, um, why do you dress like a boy? And, and I think that there's a way to kindly educate even kids, even people that um, there is no dress like a boy or act like a boy or act like a girl, dress like a girl. And, and really trying to help people to understand that we all have the right to express ourselves in a way that makes us feel not only comfortable, but makes us feel authentic. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I, I would love to see again, like a, a world where we can gently say to people and challenge those stereotypes and and say to people there is no dress like a boy yeah this 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 is me and this is the way I like to dress my my um, daughter loves um queer eye <laughs> okay and so one of the um oh I can't even remember his name or they they I think they now identify as non-binary one of the characters in Queer Eye is non-binary and they often dress in heels. They have a beard, but they're in heels or a skirt. And then other times they, they dress more as a typical, what a male would look like. And so just very diverse in how they express themselves um, through fashion. And so at first my daughter was like, why is he wearing heels? That's kind of funny. And so a great, it gave me a great opportunity, opportunity to be like, you know what? It actually isn't funny and this is perfectly normal. There is no right way or wrong way for somebody to dress. However, you know, whether they're a boy or a girl. Right. We, didn't get, we didn't get into non-binary cause I don't, I think her, her head might explode at that point. Well, yeah, yeah. And at that time I didn't even have the right language to teach her. Right. And so even take it a step further. So yes, like it is important to have these conversations, but before we can even have these conversations, we have to educate ourselves. Ourselves, we have exactly. To actively seek out this information so that you can get the language. And it doesn't mean you aren't going to make mistakes. I still make mistakes. You know, practicing the they, them pronouns, it, you have to practice it. You have to. Yes. And I'm getting do. better yeah. and I'm getting better. It still doesn't mean I, I don't make yeah. mistakes. And you know, you have to educate yourself. You have to understand it so that you do, when these opportunities present yourself, you can model and educate your children. And that's how we're going to change. Yes. That's exactly. the only way. We're and change. when Charlie started using um, he, he, him pronouns, we made, we made mistakes because it, it didn't feel, it took a, it took a while for it well, to feel natural. Yeah. Um, and he was, he was very generous. He, he said, I know this is a change. And, but now funny enough for, for me and my husband, um, like before, when I was referring to him in the past and using she, it felt foreign. Right. So, so now it's, um, yeah. And, uh, and the, the hardest one for me, because I have three girls was they were always 
the girls. Right. And that one took a long time yeah. because I would say, oh, girls, do you want to? And then I go, girls and boy, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and I'm still kind of doing that a little bit. Um, but the other thing I, I wanted to touch on briefly um, is sports mm-hmm. um, because it is such a hot issue, mostly in the United States um, with uh, making legislation, trying to exclude trans children, especially trans female children um, from sports. And for the most part, we've had a pretty good um experience with charlie's charlie's very athletic um we did have to change hockey not have to but we chose to change hockey associations because um the hockey association that we were in knew charlie from a very young age as a female and it just seemed to be difficult for for them um he they didn't want him going into the boys' dressing room, uh, but yeah, he'd be in the girls' dressing room, and and in hockey, the girls' dressing room is for both teams because there's usually such a few number of girls. So there would be girls that didn't know Charlie um, in the girls' dressing room, and they would be like, "Why is there a boy in our dressing room?" Yeah, and so it was kind of an awkward situation um, for Charlie. And so we decided to kind of make a fresh start. And um, and so he's in Hampton now for hockey and he's totally accepted, Driving. goes into the boys changing room, no issues at all. Um, and uh, I think uh, it's sports are just, or any extracurricular activities, but sports for a lot of kids, um, are so important. They're so esteem building. They teach them so much. They make lifelong friends through sports. And I think that sports associations really need to um, open their mind and and open their hearts and and really make sports a comfortable safe place for gender diverse kids um and i think they have a long way to go in general like you know some some do better than others um and i just think that uh i i'm in tears when i when i see what's happening in the united states and um you know the the attempted exclusion of of transgender and gender diverse kids in sports um and then what even makes me more upset is the the health care like they're trying to take away um gender affirming health care from these kids and i would i can honestly say that if charlie um did not have a healthcare team here um and what had to go through female puberty he would not be the happy kid he is right. today right you would have a slew of you would have a mental health crisis we would yes yeah yeah and i love that you both of those points you brought up is so, so, so important. And thank you for touching on it. With the sports, it was interesting while you were talking, I was thinking, well, not just sports, like all extracurricular, but I was thinking like, like, cause the thing is like, my son was never into sports. We tried several sports just to see (laughs) not his thing. He's a creative, he's a creative. So he ended up like in movie maker camp and art lessons and all of that. But I find generally the arts tend to be more in- inclusive right where They're not gendered like sports are right yes. sports it is um, it is heavy heavy into the binary because it's like this is the male hockey team and this is the female sports team you know there it's very yeah. very heavy into the into the binary and and 
it's going to be extra challenging for them to make yes. those changes. And and I think I think um, one thing that gives me hope is that uh, Charlie's in cadets. He's in army cadets, and he loves it. And they were completely affirming towards him. He's cadet Guchas. He well now actually he got promoted yesterday. He's now Lance Corporal Guchas. And That's he, amazing. Um, he is uh there's never ever been an issue. So so I feel like if an organization like the military mm can be affirming and not just accepting, affirming. There's a difference between acceptance right. and affirmation. Okay, can we, and, can we talk about that? What, did, what would you say is the difference between acceptance and affirmation? I think acceptance is kind of the message, oh yeah, we'll let you, we'll let you come, but you know, it, it's- We're not gonna exclude you, but we're not gonna create an environment that is Where going to, that is going to then, I guess affirm you. <laughs> yeah, that is going to we're not going to go out of our way to make you feel comfortable and right. accepted and that uh, you know so I guess an example would be you know Charlie with hockey you know yeah yeah you can play on this co-ed team um as a girl but you have to go into a girl's dressing room, um, which she wasn't comfortable with. And, you know, we're not going to call you he and because that would be confusing and that kind of thing. Right. So affirming is more, what do you need from us to make you feel a hundred percent comfortable yeah. and that's what we have from cadets and and some of charlie's other sports yeah it it we so. sh it should not only be cis hetero people that feel safe in the world exactly exactly so yeah. we're going to touch on this briefly but you have run into bumps yeah of not being accepted or affirmed um, in our community and so Charlie wanted to join uh, a camp that all mm -hmm. of his friends were attending, right? And so yeah. just talk about this for the amount that you feel comfortable to talk about it. And we can't go into detail because there is an action that you're taking. Um, but I know that you and I touched like, we're like, should we talk about this? Should we not? And you're like, I need, yeah. I need to mention this because you need to normalize standing up for your own rights and the rights of your children. And so right. you, do you wanna to touch on what went down or what's going down? Yeah, so um, so Charlie did uh, want to go to this camp. And we're not gonna uh, name the camp. Nope, and nope. it was, um, I reached out and explained the situation that Charlie identified as a male, um, you know, biologically female, but identifies as a male. And um, his friends, who were all boys at the time, um, were he wanted to be able to bunk with them and and be treated as a boy. Mm -hmm. And I was told that that was not possible. So um, I spoke to Charlie and I said, we could um, put forward a human rights complaint because I'm quite sure that it it's against human rights legislation in New Brunswick and I said would you like us to do that and he said yes so I did file um a human rights complaint um and it's going through the process um we tried mediation initially and um that got us nowhere so now it's back sort of in the I guess what they call the investigative stage. So um, they will uh, speak. We're waiting now for the camp's um, uh, sort of governing body. Yeah. Well. Well, they have to to sort of Present write a case. statement that defends their position. Right. 
and then we will have the chance to rebuttal that okay and then I think it goes into like a tribunal who will decide whether or not that is a human rights violation and if it is what the consequences of that will be have you do you know if this has ever been done before in our province I don't know. No, I'm not sure. So you might uh, be not for a camp. I mean, I think it's been done. Um, it's been done, I think, for jobs and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, I, employment. I don't know if it's been done for for this kind of situation. Uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm eager but apprehensive about the outcome because it's going to be setting precedent, right? And and I know it you're is. not do, and I know you're not doing no. this because you actually want to send Charlie to this camp anymore. <laughs> no, no. You're, you're doing it for our human rights. I'm rate. doing it to set a precedent yeah. is, is really where. Um, now what is interesting is um, there's a case that went before the Supreme Court of Canada. Um, and it was a school in BC, a uh, uh, faith-based university that um, wanted to open a law school. Um, but this university um, requires their students to sign a contract stating that they will not have any intimate relationships um, outside of a monogamous heterosexual relationship. <laughs> and this was brought to the Supreme Court of Canada and the the university lost. They were not allowed, they were not accredited to open this law school. And the basis of the decision was that human rights, human rights being, you know, the the uh, right to your gender identity, your sexuality, et cetera, um, that that trumps religious freedom. Yeah. So in other words, you can't use religious freedom to discriminate. Yeah. So that That's, to me is encouraging. It is. Yes, yeah. And yeah, do you know how long this could take? Is there like a time limit on it? Like that, that, um, the, that the camp has the, to respond by? The camp has to respond um, once they, they ask for the, the defense. Um, they have two weeks okay. to come up with their defense. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm eager and I will rage with you if we need to rage <laughs> and I will celebrate with you if, if we get to celebrate because yeah, it's so important that you're doing this. And, and I love that you asked for Charlie's permission and that is super important as well. Um, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm proud of Charlie for recognizing the importance of this. Yeah, well, he said, it's not right, it's not fair. Mm -hmm. And I don't want another kid to go, to go through that mm -hmm. and, and basically be rejected for yeah. who they are. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's a pretty cool kid. Yeah. He's, Any, uh, anything else you want to add that we didn't cover? I think we, we got everything. I think we pretty much. Yeah, we did. Um, I mean, I guess my, my ending message, I guess, to the world out there is, you know, start thinking outside of the boxes, yeah. you know, we, we, there's so many people and we're all diverse in some way and we're all we have so much to offer to the world and keeping people in boxes and and it just it 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 stifles our creativity and it stifles our expression and and just let people be who they are because it'll be a better world. Yeah. No matter the color of your skin, no matter your age, no matter the size of your body, no matter your gender identity, no matter about your sexual orientation, like none of it matters. 
other than like it matters to that person to be able to yes yes express no. who they are. but what it means is like why like why do we feel the need to oppress like I just exactly. I can't wrap my head around it and all I can think I can't is, either. is because like I can't free, freedom is my core value so like those who like are having a hard time with this like explore freedom as a core value and what that could be yeah. for you and let that guide you because you're going to create yeah. I think mental health will decline like the crisis with mental health will decline if we can just start creating a safer space for everybody no matter how for everybody exactly for everybody and it's and as far as mental health goes for for trans children um and gender diverse children if they aren't accepted, I mean, the family acceptance is the most important, mm -hmm. but if they aren't accepted, it literally increases their suicide risk yeah. by 43%. Um, it also, um, you know, turns into drug use. It turns into other forms of escape and- um, Or coping, so they don't know how to cope. Yeah, yes. Um, and so by allowing people to be themselves and be authentic, we're going to help everybody's mental health. Yeah. And, um, and that's such a, you know, a hot topic now. And, and it's, that's the easiest way to, to help, um, the mental health crisis yeah, is just let people as long as you're not hurting anybody let people be who they are yeah, yeah. thank you so much jan for coming on i have thank to you say for me. this is probably i've had 30 plus episodes and i'd, I'd say this is my favorite <laughs> oh thank you thank you it was great thank you so great much speaking and hopefully we'll we'll uh, have an updated one once things are uh yeah i would system. love love to maybe have like a little mini episode when we find out the results of your what do we call it human rights complaint there we go <laughs> thank you jan okay thanks amanda I want to thank you for listening to the Women Disrupted podcast. Make sure you check out the show notes for any additional information or links about today's episode or guest. If you enjoyed today's episode, then hit the subscribe button and make sure you get all the latest episodes. Also, if you feel that anyone could benefit from this episode, then please share it or give it a review. The Women Disrupted podcast is sponsored by Simply Stylish Inc. and produced by James Higgins Productions. Stay disrupted, ladies.